Welcome to the Mustang UMC podcast recorded each Sunday morning during our 8.30 and 10.50 a.m. services. We invite you to join us in praise and worship during that time, and our hope is that this podcast serves as an encouragement for you and for your family in your daily life. This morning's scripture comes from the book of Mark. We're going to be in chapter 4 this morning. If you have a Bible with you, I encourage you to get it out. If not, the words will be up here on the screen. Beginning with verse 35, here's what it says. On that day when evening had come, he said to them, Let us go across to the other side. And leaving the crowd, they took him with them in the boat, just as he was. And other boats were with him. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves were breaking into the boat so that the boat was already filling. But he was in the stern, asleep on the cushion. And they woke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? And he awoke, rebuked this wind, and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. And he said to them, Why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? And they were filled with great fear and said to one another, Who then is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. You may be seated. Let's go to the Lord in prayer, shall we? Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you. I thank you for this opportunity for us to gather here. For those of us who are in the room and for those of us who are watching online, Lord, we made the decision to be here this morning, God. We made the decision to be in your presence And we ask that you flood this place with the Holy Spirit. We're here, Lord. Your servants are listening, so use us. God, I ask that you use me as a vessel to give and to speak the words that you want us to hear this morning, Lord. So I ask that you open our hearts, open our minds, open our ears to what it is that you want us to hear. It's your son's name I pray. Amen. So the title for my sermon this morning is, Who's in Your Boat? And it goes along with the scripture that I read. And this question is rather simple, but our answer is extremely vital and important to our life. So I want to ask you this morning, who's in your boat? Who do you allow to influence you? Who do you allow to speak truth into your life? And that's something I want us to ponder as we continue throughout the message this morning. And Pastor Aaron asked me to speak, and so I was excited, and I'm extremely grateful for Pastor Aaron and for his mentor um, role that he plays in my life. And so he asked me to speak, and so I was like, yeah, of course. So I immediately went to um, my notebook that I keep full of um, notes from Aaron's sermons, um, sermons that I listen to, or um, sermon ideas that I get that just kind of pop into my head. I'll write down all of these ideas that I get for future dates when I do speak. And so I went to my notebook, and I looked through it, and I was like, all right, I'm going to find something that that I want to speak on. Well, nothing really stood out to me, um, and I thought that was kind of strange. So that night I went to bed, and I woke up the next morning, and this ended up being my devotional. And I knew God was like, this is what you need to speak on. And I think it's awesome that it works that way. And I'm sure many of you have heard this story before. Uh, I know growing up in the church, I've heard it hundreds of times. And usually, you know, the message is, Jesus is asleep during your storm, so don't worry. And as humans, we're like, that's awesome, but it's a lot easier said than done, right? 
So I was like, there has to be more to this story. There has to be something deeper, something, something else that I, haven't, that I haven't seen before. And so I read it, and I was filled with so many questions. And I thought it was strange, and I was like, why, why am I filled with so many questions? Well, one of my favorite pastors to listen to, other than Pastor Aaron, of course, Stephen Furtick says this, he says, making progress in your relationship with God usually involves having less answers and better questions. And I think some of us can feel that right now. We don't have very many answers to offer, but we have a lot of questions. And so I want to ask another question to you this morning, and this question isn't going to make sense. I'm just giving you a heads up. I typed it, I wrote it down, and I looked at it really weird, but my answer to the question will make sense, so just bear with me for a second. Have you ever been scared and gone to get help and then you ended up becoming more afraid of the help that you went to get. So it kind of makes sense, but I'm going to walk you through it. So kids in box one, I want you to draw a time that you were scared. So a time I'm referring to is when I, when I lived at home, uh, my bedroom was straight down the hallway from my parents' bedroom. It was a straight shot. So I got really good at running down that hallway when I got scared. Uh, I used to get scared of thunderstorms. I don't anymore since I've grown up, but... Um, and I used to have nightmares, and, and some nights, I'm not sure why, my parents would let us watch these really intense like shows right before bed, which wasn't a good thing because most nights I woke up terrified. And so um, I got really good at running down that hallway, and if my parents were in a light sleep, they could hear my feet like sort of coming down the hallway on the tile, but if they were in a deep sleep, I had to wake one of them up. As a child, waking up one of your parents from a deep sleep is extremely scary. So, I, I used to, I, I always 100% of the time went to my mom's side of the bed. And you're like, well, why didn't you go to dad's side of the bed? Well, because if I'm going to get spanked, mom's spanking is not going to hurt near as much as dad's is. So leave dad, let him sleep, we're going to mom. So I would go to mom, and I remember as a child, I would shake her. And sometimes in self-defense, like, she would rear up and kind of swing at me a little bit. So... I decided I wasn't going to shake her anymore when I woke her up. Instead, I decided I was going to stand over her and watch her until she sensed my presence and, and knew that I was there. And so it may, may not have been the best method to wake her up, but it seems every time I did wake her up, I became more scared of my mom than I was of the thunderstorm or nightmare that I was having. <clears throat> and I think we can kind of see this with the disciples, Right? Like this storm is raging and they're looking around and like, oh my gosh, what are we going to do? And they get so scared and, and, and so afraid and then they're like, oh, we'll wake up Jesus. And they wake him up and he's like, peace, be still. And then the, the scripture says that they became even more scared of him. And I think sometimes our fear causes us to act when our faith would have been calling us to stay still. Sometimes our fear causes us to act when our faith would have been calling us to simply stay still. And like I said, I had so many questions about this text. And I want to walk through some of them with you, and, and we're not going to be able to talk about all of them this morning, but, but I kind of have three main questions that I want to walk through you, with you all this morning. And so kids in box two, I want you to draw a boat getting caught in a storm. So the first thing that kind of caught my eye, and we talked about it in the sermon meeting, is the way that the disciples called out to Jesus. 
And if we look at it, we can see that it says in Scripture, it says, And they woke him up and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? And that relates to us a little bit this, this morning, doesn't it? Like, like, God, do you not care who the President of the United States is going to be? God, do you not care about COVID-19? God, do you not care about me? God, do you not care that people are losing their jobs? God, do you not care that people are getting sick? God, do you not care that my, my kids have to go to online school? Like, God, do you not care? And the reality of this is, is that Jesus does care, and we know that, because I wouldn't be standing here this morning if he didn't care about us. Jesus does care because we see in Scripture that he went to Calvary and he hung on a cross and died and rose three days later for us. So we know he cares. Going to God is all about our tone, right? And it's kind of, I, I put myself in this position with my parents again, like, like, that's not the way you talk to somebody. Like, you don't say, Mom, Dad, do you not care that I'm hungry? Mom, Dad, do you not care that, that I don't have new clothes? Like, Mom, Dad, do you not care? Of course they care. But it's all, the way, all about the way we ask, right? And the beautiful thing about it is, is we didn't ask Jesus to come down and save us. He just did it. So Jesus knows what's on our heart. He just wants us to ask about it. Kids, in box three, I invite you to draw Jesus calming the storm. Verse 35 says this, and it says, On that day when evening had come, he said to them, Let us go across to the other side. And this is one of the, one of the parts that really just stuck with me. Let us go across to the other side. In, in Scripture, it says, um, it says that he got into the boats with them just as he was. And so I talked with Pastor Aaron about this in our sermon meeting, and I was like, what does this mean? And, and my guess, and, and I think Pastor Aaron agreed with it, is we believe that Jesus is 100% human and 100% God. So meaning he's on both ends of the spectrum. And so his 100% human side, he had just got done healing a paralytic man, just got done healing a man with a withered hand, and so he's exhausted, right? Like he's tired. And so he's getting onto the boat just just physically tired from these miracles he'd been performing. But the 100% God side of Jesus really stuck with me because he said, let's go to the other side. And if he's 100% God, doesn't he have some sort of idea that there's going to be a storm on the sea? Like, doesn't he, doesn't he think or, or somehow know that there's a really good chance that this storm is going to happen? And I really wrestled with that thought. Like, if he knew that the storm was going to happen, why did, he, why did he say, let's go to the other side? So the question I came up with was, why go to the other side? Why not just walk around the Sea of Galilee? Like, I mean, in biblical times, it's how they got places. You walked. But why go to the other side? And there's sort of three main points as to why going to the other side is important. The first point is that there's growth in the storm. If you're here this morning or if you're tuning in online, odds are you've been through storms in your life. And odds are they've left scars, they've been tough, and odds are many of us this morning are going through a storm currently. Why go through those storms? Because there's growth. There's growth. And, and also to that point, there's revelation in the storm. Jesus doesn't miss a teaching moment in our lives. And I, I ask another question. If the storm wouldn't have happened, would the disciples have known that Jesus was in their boat? 
Like, would they have remembered that, that of who they have in their boat? I'd go as far as to say that they wouldn't have. Because if the storms wouldn't happen in our life, would we even need a Savior? Would we need Jesus? Or would we just put him in the stern of the boat and forget about him? And the third point that, that I have is there's something waiting on the other side. In the next chapter of Mark, immediately is one of the favorite words to be used in the book of Mark. And it says, when Jesus had stepped out of the boat, immediately there met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit. So as soon as they got to the other side, there was somebody who needed Jesus. Somebody who needed to be healed by Jesus. And that, that can be us in our lives. As soon as we get to the other side... There's somebody waiting. There's somebody who, who needs to hear what we just went through. There's somebody who's going through what we just went through and they need to hear us. There's somebody on the other side who needs to see what it's like to be loved. There's somebody on the other side who needs to see what Jesus is like. And that's why it's so important that we go to the other side. And the beautiful thing about it is, is, is Jesus said, let's go to the other side. So if he, if he said, let's go to the other side to you, you're not gonna die in the storm. The storm is not gonna be the end of your story. Because he has promised us that we can go to the other side. And that there's better things and there's more important things waiting. The final question that really came to my mind in reading this was, why is Jesus in the stern? And um, scripture says in verse 38, it says, but he was in the stern asleep on the cushion. And I believe the next slide is a picture of, of kind of what a, a biblical boat would look like back in those times. Um, just side note, I'm, if the Sea of Galilee is going to have a storm, I don't think I'm getting in that boat. Um, like, doesn't look very safe. But as you can see, um, the stern is back here towards the back of the boat. And I wondered, why, why, did, why did the Gospels put that? Each Gospel that tells this story makes a point to say that Jesus was in the stern of the boat. Why put, that, why, why put that in there? Why is that important? And I wrestled with that idea, I, that idea of, of Jesus being in the stern. And so I want to ask us this morning, where is Jesus in your boat? Because so many times in my life, I've put Jesus at the back. I put Jesus in the back seat. I put him in the stern. I put him back there and I said, Jesus, you, you just stay back there. I've got it under control. And lo and behold, before too long, the storm is raging. The storm's going crazy. And then I'm looking. I'm like, Jesus, where are you? Where are you at? And he's saying, I'm back here. I'm where you told me to be. What would have been different in the story if Jesus would have been in the front of the boat? If the disciples had their eyes on Jesus rather than on the storm raging around them, would they have woke him up? I kind of think they wouldn't because they wouldn't have forgot about it. If our eyes are so focused on the storm, the storms of life, then it becomes easy to forget that Jesus is present. And I know this is extremely true for myself and, and the things I've gone through in life. It's just so easy to forget that he's there. But that's because I put him in the stern of my boat. I put him behind me Rather than saying, God, I want you as my number one priority. I want you in front of me. I want my eyes to be focused on you. Yeah, the storm's gonna rage. And calling out to Jesus, I don't want it to get 
misinterpreted that, that calling out to Jesus doesn't mean he's going to immediately step in and just say, peace, be still, and calm the storms of life. It doesn't work that way. But I do think he'll say, peace, be still, and I think he says that to us. Like, peace, be still. I know everything outside these walls is crazy right now, but I've got you. Put me at the front of your boat. Trust me. Peace, be still. And I think that our thoughts and actions, they oftentimes reflect the location and position of Jesus in our lives. The way we act, the way we think, that's a good indicator of where we have Jesus at in our lives. Because if he's in the stern, our fear controls our faith. If he's in front of us, oftentimes our faith will control our fear. I'm gonna invite the band to come back up um, and we're going to sing our, our response song this morning and um, it's, it's titled It Is Well and I'm sure many of you have heard the song before I don't know if all of you know the background to the song so I'm going to share it with you this morning Horatio Spaford was a um, attorney um, in late 1800s about 1870s and about 1871, his four-year-old son died of the scarlet fever. And Horatio had four other daughters and a wife. And so he was like, okay, I need to do something with my family. And we need to go on a vacation. So they set sail for England. He sent his wife and four daughters ahead of him because he had some business that he needed to take care of uh, before he could meet up with them. So they went on ahead and, and he stayed back. Well, Horatio's wife and, and four daughters were on a ship when, when, it, um, when the ship wrecked. And over 200 people lost their lives on the shipwreck. And all four of Horatio's daughters passed away on the shipwreck. His wife survived, and she made it to England, and she sent him a telegram, and it said, Saved alone, what shall I do? So Horatio immediately got on, got on a ship and, and set sail for England, and the captain was aware of, of his situation and what had happened, and as they were passing the spot where the ship wrecked, the captain told Horatio, he was like, hey, this is the spot. You know, this is, this is where your four daughters lost their lives. And he sat down, and thus became the song of it as well. And I want that kind of faith. Like, I want the kind of faith where, where I go by the storms of my life. I look at the scars that life has left on me, and I can look at them and I can say, it is well. And it doesn't mean that, that because I say it is well, that it's, that it's all well with me here on earth, but I know that it is well with me in my soul and in heaven. Because that's the other side. And Jesus promised that we're going to get there. I want the kind of faith to say it is well in the process. So I ask you this morning, who's in your boat? And if Jesus is in your boat, is he in the back or is he in the front? And so maybe you're here this morning or you're watching online and you've never accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, and I want to invite you to do so. If you feel the tug on your heart saying, it's time, I've tried to, I've tried to control the sails of life for too long and I'm ready to give it up. Or maybe you're here this morning and Jesus has always been in your boat, but it's time to invite him back to the front. I invite you to do that as well. The altar 
will be open if you want to pray. Um, Pastor Aaron will be more than happy to pray with you if you'll just extend your hand over the altar rail. Um, But who's in your boat? Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you for this morning, God, and we thank you for being a God who steps into our boat. God, even though the storms of life rage on, even though the winds are howling and the seas and the waves are crashing in on us, God, we we know that we can trust in you because you are our Lord and Savior. We know, God, that, that if we invite you to the front of our boat, that's exactly where you'll be. And God, help us to keep our eyes focused on you. Even though the storms of life will continue to rage, God, help us to be able to say it as well with my soul. Remind us, Lord, peace, be still. Speak that to our hearts this morning. As we fully confide in you and, Lord, as we fully put our trust in you. God, we want our faith to overcome our fear. We want our faith in you to be the number one priority in our life. Thank you for listening to the Mustang UMC podcast. Once again, our services are at 8.30 and 10.50 a.m. every Sunday morning, and we would love to see you there. For more information about the Mustang United Methodist Church, please visit us at mustangumc.org or email us at office at mustangumc.org. That is office at mustangumc.org. We hope you enjoyed.